a good look around the world today that so many countries, particularly all the way from Asia and to the countries in Europe, are undergoing this tremendous political and also this social changes. Now, when we come to uh, political discoupling or we talk about social uh, breakdown, one word that generally comes to our mind is the word called reconciliation. Now, of course, when we talk about political reconciliation, that generally speaking, that just means that parties are coming together and hoping to send better messages, not only to the audience domestically, but also to the constituents across the world. But meanwhile, today, it's rather difficult to understand the meaning of being harmonious and also living in the reconciliatory sta status when we come to the political changes. And for example, let's take a look at the country of Spain. And recently, this country is also undergoing this tremendous political and social changes. And how should we understand that the concept is truth will ever bring reconciliation, not only for the people, but also to the parties. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to invite our distinguished speaker, which is Mark Naylor. Now, Mark is a freelance journalist and based in Spain. Of course, if you know him, that he mainly covers political changes in Spain. And recently, he came out with the article, which is entitled, In Spain, Can Truth Ever Bring Reconciliation? Now, Mark, and welcome to the missing piece. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Well, the pleasure's all mine. Mark, let's get right to the question. Again, when I discovered you, as we mentioned before, because this amazing article that you wrote, and which is entitled, In Spain, Can Truth Ever Bring Reconciliation? Now, let's dive into the article. Initially, you mentioned this concept called democratic memory law, which is a brand new type of system that got passed under the socialist the prime minister. Now, for all of us that we aren't familiar with the current political status in Spain, how significant is this democratic memory law, and why is something that we need to pay attention today? Well, um, the, the memory law that's recently been passed by Spain's socialist government is in fact uh, an update of, of a very similar law passed in 2007, also by a socialist government. So it's not a brand new piece of legislation, but it is um, in some ways um, uh, sort of has more meat to it than the 2000 version. The reason why both of those governments uh, are trying to pass such laws is, and they've both been socialist governments, which is not coincidental. No, no right-wing government in Spain has yet uh, to do anything like this. They're trying to sort of face up to a very troubling um, period of Spain's recent past, which was a civil war between 1936 and 1939, um, and a uh, military fascist dictatorship um, that was in place from the end of the civil war until 1975, when the dictator Francisco Franco died. Um, <clears throat> the problem in Spain is that unlike a lot of countries say in South America that have had military dictatorships and that in some way, after the dictatorships had fallen, tried to try to sort of grapple with that period of their past, in, in, whether in the sense of uh, identifying missing people or prosecuting people for war crimes, um, acts of both restorative and retributive justice. Uh, nothing like this has ever happened in Spain until really the early 2000s when the socialist government then started to try and pass democratic memory laws. 
So this is, if you like, a very belated attempt to do what a lot of countries did straight after the end of a dictatorship. Hmm. Now, again, Mark, I want to uh, continue with this article. As you mentioned before, it says this new memory law, and I quote, also mandates the teaching of the civil war and dictatorship in school, which up till now have been marginalized as subjects. Now, help us to understand, because we know that for any part of the historical facts, especially for the younger generations today, it's crucial to understand what happened in the past and so that that will link to the impact to what's happening today. But right now, under this new memory law, it's mandating to teach in school and regarding the uh, the critical facts and also uh, those historical evidence. Share with us, why do you think it's so important to make it more mandatory? And what kind of message does the government send it to education or to the younger generations today? Mm. Well, <clears throat> this is this is one respect, I think, in which the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the current memory law is actually an improvement on the 2007 version because the 2007 version um, didn't go this far in terms of mandating education mm -hmm. um, about civil war and dictatorship. One of the huge problems in Spain is, is that you have an entire generation of people, uh, people around my age and they're uh, from sort of mid-20s to, to late-30s, who... Um, who have no knowledge mm. of that period of space because it's, it's not been taught in, in schools. Uh, and of course, that sort of eats away at, um, at, the, at the social fabric of, of a country because um, if, if no one's aware of what happened, then you can't begin to, as I say, grapple with it and deal with it and, as it were, generally make it part of your your living memory or understanding of, mm -hmm. of uh, the culture and country you live in. So I think this is very significant. Um, the, I, I would add the caveat, though, that it, the, the details um, about how exactly the civil war and dictatorship will be taught um, have yet to be have yet to be sort of made, made public, or, or I don't even know if it, how detailed the, the law is in that respect. I, I suspect not very much, because it, a lot of it will, will depend on just how, what form that teaching takes. Um, and, um, and and whether it's pursued with sort of sufficient vigour by the educational authorities. But if it is, it will correct, um, uh, it will sort of improve what possibly even solve one of the biggest problems in Spain today with, with regards to historical memory. And that's, an, as I say, an entire generation with, with no formal education in terms of what happened in that period. Mm. Mark, I want to ask you a, a very simple question. Again, this is also something you mentioned in the article for Spain's transition from dictatorship to democracy. You know, today, when we talk about the concept of democracy, some people could argue it's such a vague concept. Because, again, we've seen some of the countries are being torn because of the word democracy. And other countries are actually um, being shaped or being uh, reformed because the concept of democracy. Now, help us to understand from your perspective, again, you are the scholar and you are the journalist. How should we understand, even on behalf of the younger generations today, to understand what does that mean, have this transition from dictatorship to democracy and what kind of steps were well we say the tumultuous journeys that this country went through and even today mm -hmm. there's a law to make sure that people understand what happened in the past 
Mm. Well, <clears throat> that's a very, uh, very complex question. In, in, Sp in Spain's case, the tradition, uh, the transition to um, democracy depended to, to a large extent on, on a collective um, pact of forgetting. Mm. That's that's what it was. That's what it was called on the legal basis for the pact of forgetting. This was in the mid seventies after Franco had died. Um, and the legal basis of that pact of forgetting was actually a piece of legislation um, that was passed in Congress by both left and right wing parties mm. called the Amnesty Act. It was passed in 1977. Um, <clears throat> and the, and the, the fundamental import of both the, the pact of forgetting and the amnesty was that if Spain was to successfully transition from dictatorship to democracy, it had to leave the past untouched. That it, that it, the idea was that it would be more damaging if if um, if people were sort of raking over the coals of the past, whether whether in the form of prosecuting people mm. or trying to identify disappeared people, that it was just too traumatic. That the past needed to be left firmly behind, untouched, if democracy was to flourish. Um, and, a lot, and, and interesting, a lot, a lot of people um, now, not just on the right, but mainly on the Spanish right, but there are even some figures on the Spanish left who will who say that that was necessary at the time, that for democracy, to, for, for um, political scene consisting of lots of political parties, although in reality there were only two up until very recently, for that to have established itself, there, there did need to be an act of sort of uh, collective uh, amnesia almost. But that now, um, decades later, that now the country is healthy enough and, and strong enough to sort of face up to its demons. But um, I, I mentioned in the article, and there is one interesting view on, on, on this, on how to deal with Spain's past that sits between the, the left and right positions, and this has to do with democracy, which you asked about, is that the Spain is now a um, very sort of vibrant, healthy democracy. Mm. Um, there are now many more than two parties to vote from. You know, even in the US now, you still really just have those two parties to That's vote, right. you know, to choose between. Um, so the choice is very limited, and, and you know that's the same in the UK. Really, it's still fundamentally a battle between Labour and Conservatives. Um, and up until uh, 2015, that was the same in Spain. It was the Socialists on the one hand, and it was the Conservatives on the other. Now uh, we see a Parliament in which um, a, 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 an enormous array of political ideologies is represented. You have obviously the main two parties, but you have smaller parties on the both on the left and right. Mm. You have pro-independence Catalan and Basque parties. Um, so you could say that there's a lot to this view that Spain is now, um, a, you know, fully functioning, healthy democracy, mm. and that that in itself is a refutation of the past and the dictatorship. Hmm. Mark, I want to continue with um, what you just said. And also that really brought up another interesting point is when we talk about democracy today, you know, you use two countries. One is the U.S. Another one is the United Kingdom. And we know that both countries today, because of the concept or the existence of democracy, the countries seem to be more divided than ever, only on the condition of economic freedom. Because again, when we look at this globalization, you know, the system, everyone is paying attention to the very simple way is economy, economy, economy. So in other words, when we pursue the goal or when we reach the other side of the spectrum, 
which is the democracy linked to economic prosperity, or democracy should guarantee this common prosperity. Now, help us to、uh, understand, Mark, in Spain. When we understand the word democracy, as you mentioned before, on the、uh, you have the socialist party, you have the conservative, and you have other multiple、uh, coexisting groups. But what about this economic concept, and what about this common prosperity? How is the system, the political system today, is guaranteeing, or、um, or at least is ensuring this economic common prosperity in Spain?、Um, <clears throat> well. The economy, yeah, the the economy in Spain is always one of the most important issues、um, when when people、uh, go to the go to the polls in general、mm. elections.、Um, if you talk about economic pros- prosperity in Spain, I mean, the the, the country is not、uh, the economy is not in the best shape at the moment. I mean, it's it's certainly one of some one of Europe's、um, most troubled countries in that respect.、Um, what governments can actually Well, do actually do about that? I think is open to debate. Spain went without a government a few years ago.、Um, I think it almost beat Belgium for the for the, for the longest days without a government.、Mm. There was a there was a deadlock in Parliament, and so that effectively the country had just a caretaking government for、um, I think the best part of a year. I think for nine months, and and the economy、um, sort of went went along as normal. So that, I think that opens really interesting questions about、um, economic, economic stewardship and how much control, governmental control of, of an economy、um, is either necessary or desirable.、Um, so, um, in, term, in terms of right now in Spain, the socialist government,、um, yeah, have done a couple of uh, uh, good things economically. For example, they've made a huge reform to the labour market. The、mm. job market in Spain is a really big problem. Huge unemployment rates, both amongst adults and、um, and、uh, you know the fifteen to twenty-five year olds. And a big part of that problem is reliance on temporary contracts. You know, Spain is a tourism superpower. So what that means is a lot of people only have jobs for the summer,、uh, for peak seasons. And of course, this. You know, this is a problem for the, the labour market. So, what the socialist government、uh, did is 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 really reduced the number of temporary contracts flying around. So now, m- 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 many more people are on permanent contracts.、Mm. So that contributes to stability to the labour market, which will take some time to be reflected in the you know the macro stats. But it's it's a good start.、Um, Of course, Spain, like many Southern European countries, was very hard hit by the pandemic as well. It, it, especially by one of the world's strictest lockdowns.、Um, that's obviously a slightly different topic, but、um, it's you know Spain is、uh, economically very fragile,、um, and that's always been the case. That's been the case ever since it became a democracy in the seventies.、Um, that's due to a number of factors, obviously, but.、Um, it's certainly a, a big challenge for any incoming Spanish government is is to is to improve the economy and get the get the get Spain really what they want what the what Spanish governments want is to get Spain up into the major league of European players you know like Germany and France、um, but there's a long way to go in that respect.、Hmm. Mark, I want to go back to the article. I know that within this article, not only you touch on the country of Spain, and also you brought up. Other significant nations as well. For example, Argentina. Now, and I want to go back to this, and I quote: "This is something you wrote.、Yeah. Argentina's National Commission on the Disappearance of Persons was established in 1983 after the conclusion of so-called Dirty War, a period 
during which they sponsored death squad targeted anyone perceived as a threat to the regime. Now, what is the relevancy between Spain and Argentina within this article? So in other words, why is it also important for us to understand this historical facts or the historical unavoidable evidence from Argentina? Mm. Mm. Well, um, the, uh, the I think uh, this is really the point of the article. Comparing Spain to other countries is very illuminating in this respect. And Argentina, Argentina I'm glad you brought it up, is a, is a good example of a country that um, tried to uh, try, try to enact a combination of restorative justice and retributive mm. justice. Just to briefly explain those two, restorative justice is more aimed at victims, uh, in this case, victims of a dictatorial regime um, or, or the families of, of victims, uh, whereas retributive justice is more legal in nature. It largely consists of, of, of seeking and um, uh, prosecution, prosecuting war criminals. Um, Argentina, interestingly, as you say, in the early 80s, um, did both of them, or tried to do both of those things. Um, it set up a commission to investigate people who had simply disappeared, mm. a lot of whom, of course, were, were murdered. Um, so that was restorative justice, and it was fairly successful. Uh, it, it, it found that um, up to 30,000 people had disappeared. Um, uh, but it also um, prosecuted um, several uh, of the generals who had committed were found to have committed um, war crimes during uh, during the dirty wars mm. so this is important because it again no efforts like this you could you know are perfect and still the what the argentinian uh, truth commission is still open to criticism is criticized but it was an attempt at um holding people to account um, who, who had done, who had committed war crimes, and also um, uh, remember, I see, seeking to identify and remember people who had disappeared. Now, in Spain, uh, as I say, up until the early two thousands, um, neither of those things had, had been done. And it's important also to remember in Spain now there is still no, and there never has been any attempt at retributive justice. Mm. That is seeking prosecution for people who committed war crimes on either side, on, on either uh, left or right side during the Civil War. Um, so, again, I think Spain Spain's making a, a, a good start with the with the update of the 2007, with the 2007 on the latest update, but um, a lot of people in Spain still feel very uh, angry and resentful that there's been no attempt to hold people to account for what they did during the dictatorship. Mark, I know you are very busy. Now, I got two more questions before letting you go. Now, when you mention regarding the phrase called war crimes, I think just to keep everyone in the loop and also more relevant today is the war in Ukraine. And of course, on one hand, everyone has been following what's happening not only to the people in Ukraine, but also the country of Ukraine. You know, again, the country is being devastated, you know, because the war and also because this innocent lives are, you know, I guess being lost on the daily basis. Now, some people also argue that because of the whole dictatorship of Vladimir Putin, that this war crimes or he has become one of the war criminals and for the future generations. And this is something that is unavoidable. So make it more relevant to what you mentioned regarding the history of the Spain. 
How do you think that people are going to judge the war in Ukraine at this moment, or even for the future reference? Do you think that's still important for us to understand that the, the, the crucial or the indispensable part of the war and also its negative impact, not only for the country, but mainly for the people? How would you explain that? Well, um, it's it's always difficult to sort of say now how how the how future uh, how future governments or future countries will judge uh, the 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 actions now of particular governments. But I mean, it's, it's yes. I mean, obviously, um, Vladimir Putin is is. Uh, Breaking all sorts of um, of conventions and rules here. I mean, one one hopes obviously that he is held to account. Um, one hopes obviously that sometimes that um, there, there are people within his own administration who um, who sort of have the guts to to step in and try and stop what's happening. But Putin is essentially an autocrat. Mm-hmm. Um, Putin does. He, he's he's in essence a dictator he, he does what he wants um so of course yeah this is hugely damaging not just for for the people of ukraine but for um the notions of democracy in general and, and yes one, one hopes that he is held to account for everything he's doing right now mm. well mark i want to wrap up our conversation by going back to the article again the title is rather interesting can truth ever bring reconciliation in Spain. Now, I want to direct the question to you. After everything that we've been talking about, do you think that today that truth ever going to bring reconciliation in Spain? So in other words, when we look at what happened in the past and when we look at the current political changes and also we look at the people's desire looking for this stable or looking for this stability, Socially speaking, political, uh, politically speaking, do you think that truth today in Spain will ever bring reconciliation, and what will that look like? Well, um, so you mentioned two two quite separate things there. One is one is sort of getting at or establishing the truth, and the other is using that as a basis for reconciliation. Um, and uh, there are different kinds of, of reconciliation ways of reconciling oneself with the past of course but i think the problem the the huge problem in spain today even you know 40 40 odd years on is that the the issues about the civil war and dictatorship are still at the, at the heart of political divisions in spain mm. and part of the problem is that you have uh, one camp of people saying well you know this is the right way to go about this and you have another camp of people saying, well, no, we disagree. This is the way to go about it. As long as that's the case, it's um, it's difficult to see how there will be a, a, a sort of cross-party collective consensus mm. on what to do in concrete terms. Um, although, as I say, you know, I think there are good things about this new law, and I think Spain is making a start on that process, but it's going to take a long time. Um, in terms of truth... That's a rather different matter because I think if you're talking about historical truth, um, that's not really something that it's up to governments to legislate about, um, which is where I was critical of the latest memory law and indeed the 2007 version. I don't think it's up to governments to legislate about what happened. 
Um, I think that's the job of historians and of, uh, of educational establishments. And in that sense, the educational aspect of this new law is a huge step forward because, as you say, first people, first people need to learn as objectively as they can what actually happened. Mm. Um, so, so, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's, it has to be a collective effort. Um, I think as well, I should say, that international um, uh, historians, uh, non-Spanish historians and international bodies and charities um, have, have also contributed to this. And perhaps Spain needs some support from the international community as well, not just, uh, not just from its own governments. But um, it's, it's looking better than it was uh, 20 years ago, but there's, there's a long way to go. Yes, I think to answer your question, um, I think it is I think it is possible, but the examples of other countries I mentioned in the in the article show just how divisive and difficult reconciliation is. Mm. And I believe I agree with you, Mark, because today, not only Spain, but for a lot more countries, they're also standing at the crossroads. And not only we're looking for ways to bring uh, harmony and bring peace together, and also that really needs the effort or what we call the accumulative effort from every single country in order to see this common prosperity. Yes. Right. Well, just, just one final point on that. Part of the problem in Spain is that um, uh, a lot of people think, and again, mainly on the right, but not just on the right, um, that all of this is simply unnecessary. Mm. Um, we, and again, it goes back to the argue, argument I mentioned earlier that Spain, Spain's democracy is itself a refutation of the past, and that we don't need, so, or rather Spain doesn't need, um, to, to engage in this complex process of reconciliation because it's simply not necessary. Spain has already moved on. So, I, uh, you know, that, that's, you've always got to bear that in mind, I think, when you're talking about reconciliation in Spain. A lot of people think it's already been achieved, really. Mm. What idea. Well, which I think it's very enlightening for all of us to understand as well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to speak to Mark Naylor. And again, Mark Naylor is a freelance journalist based in Spain. And I strongly encourage everyone to go online, look for his work, and of course, one of his amazing articles, which is entitled, In Spain, Can Truth Ever Bring Reconciliation? So, Mark, thank you so much for taking your time to be on the show. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. And again, we admire reporting all the way in Spain. And we wish the best to you and love to have you back on the show as we continue to pay attention to the political changes in Spain. Thank you, brother, for doing this.